Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. Coming up in 20 minutes, Clay Travis will join us. In a couple of minutes, Sean Merriman uh, will jump in and, and join the discussion of all football here on Hot Mike. And, and for good reason, NFL kicks off tomorrow night, week one, Kansas City and Detroit. Travis Kelsey officially listed as questionable for that game at Arrowhead. More on that in a moment. Uh, news from San Francisco, where two holdouts, now just one, Chris Jones in Kansas City, is the lone holdout looking for a new mega contract. And speaking of mega contract, Nick Bosa just did so. He's now the highest paid player in uh, on defense in NFL history. And he's going to be playing week one. Sources through Adam Schefter, Bosa has agreed to a five-year, $170 million extension. It includes $122.5 million guaranteed. And by a wide margin, it makes him the highest-paid defensive player in history, averaging out to, what, 34 per year. Donald's getting 30 uh, right now. That was the high-water mark. Jeffrey Simmons uh, ended up getting somewhere just below Donald uh, when he signed a year ago. And now Chris Jones waits after Bosa breaks the bank, and rightfully so, the reigning defensive player of the year who can get after the quarterback and has dominated when healthy the last three years. Kyle Shanahan just said uh, in a uh, press conference that he's on his way to the facility, may practice today uh, to get ready for the game. Meanwhile, Chris Jones is saying, guys, I just want a raise. I could play tomorrow night if you give me the raise. Just give me the raise. Then I'll be there for the game, and I'll gladly play. No raise yet for Chris Jones, but good news for Nick Bosa, good news for the Niners. No no beer belly uh, for uh, for Bosa, mm-hmm. as he's referring to there. Um, just looking through, so the 49ers, how about this? The, uh, Ari Meroff, uh, great point. The 49ers have the highest paid defensive end Highest-paid defensive player in the game in Nick Bosa now. They have the highest-paid running back in Christian McCaffrey. They have the highest-paid fullback in Kyle Juszczyk. They have the third also highest, the only fullback. They have the third highest-paid tight end in George Kittle. The third highest-paid left tackle in Trent Williams. The third highest-paid linebacker in Fred Werner. The sixth highest-paid defensive tackle in Javon Hargrave. And the seventh highest paid wide receiver in Debo Samuel. How? Because they have Brock Purdy making $900,000 a year. Incredible. And think about what they gave up That's to how. trade up to get Trey Lance. Who was on a rookie deal too. On a rookie deal, but then dealt him for a fourth round yeah. pick. Yes. But all they gave up in return for that and what they could be. Now, they probably wouldn't be able to spend, you know, pay for all of it. But what they possibly could have around well, that. Incredible. Well, with, now with their roster. Because you can only extend a player after year three. So Purdy, uh, who's Mr. Irrelevant, is going into his second season. 
And in Trey Lance's case, I mean, what they lost out on is all the guaranteed money that they paid him whenever they drafted him financially. And, you know, they're able to kick the can down the road with rookie contracts and then sign extensions to the role players that have been elite talents, starting with Bosa. But the cap's going up, by the way. So as you plan for the future and they're looking at this deal, he's beating out Donald by $2 million per season on average. So they go high, much higher than where they needed to go. The quarterbacks were going to about $500,000 more. It was always a 0.5 or the next number, you know, 51 and a half, 52, 52 and a half. We'll see where Burrow ends up there. But with the cap continuing to rise based on the massive money with the new TV contracts that begin this year, players get 49.5% of that revenue into the NFLPA and through, then, and that creates your salary cap. And teams now know where it's going to rise based on the billions that are coming in. The networks continue to add more to the, to the plate. Amazon's a good example, paying more for the Black Friday game. Chad, it, teams now can spend more and kick it down the road a bit with the cap hits as the cap continues to go up and you can absorb some of this on a, a longer stretch than what we would you know, during COVID when the cap actually dropped based on league revenue. JW on the YouTube chat says, just ask the Dodgers what the highest payroll does. Well, what it does to the Dodgers, they win every single year. They're in the playoffs every year. They've won a World Series. That's what the 49ers won. <laughs> That right now, they're already in the playoffs every year. They're making NFC Championship games. They've made a Super Bowl. What's the goal? Win it all. That, yeah. That's what they're trying to reach with all those guys that are amongst the highest paid at each position. Lights out. Sean Merriman uh, joins us on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Uh, Sean, we're, we're discussing uh, Bosa getting the deal done. We knew, it, we knew this was going to happen. We didn't know how high it would go uh, compared to Aaron Donald, who was the highest paid player uh, on defense in NFL history. Now that goes to Bosa, who's getting $122.5 million guaranteed, 170 over five years in this extension, $34 million per year, puts him well above Donald. This is San Francisco investing in the top player for the long term. And how about Bosa waiting and breaking the bank and now setting the new bar. Well, you know, for one, he's a, he's deserving of it, right? He's, uh, you know, top three or top two best defenders in the National Football League. Also, he can get out the quarterback better than anyone else, and that's the guys that get paid. Um, and so I don't – people shouldn't look too much into him getting paid more than Aaron Donald. That's just the market, right? I mean, right. I, I still do consider Aaron Donald top three player in the, in the NFL – but, you know, it's it's just the market. You know, when quarterbacks start to make 10 to 15 percent more than they did last year, they're going to. I'm just glad they got it done. Right. They got a bunch of people they've already paid and Debo and Fred Warner. These guys are making a ton of money. But the key factor in that team and that defense is Nick Bosa. And, and they paid him accordingly. And you mentioned the market. There are others that have tried to reach that high water mark, but haven't been able to do so. Bosa had the, the accolades to do it. Who's the next guy that comes to mind for you that is right there? I mean, Garrett's been paid. He certainly has a reason to go back to the drawing board if he wants to. Chris Jones is trying to do it. He's the lone holdout now in Kansas City, but he's not playing that same position. What do you make of the position and the money allocated to it? 
Well, I think that the next guy up, especially if he goes out and win a defensive player of the year, is, is Michael Parsons. Um, if 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 he goes out and have the year that we all expect him to have, he's going to be the next one that that breaks the bank even more so than, than Nick Bosa. Now that's going and he's by the way he's paying for playing for a team that loves to pay you. He he will get paid in dollars. So if he goes out and perform, he's going to be the next guy in line. Um, you, you know, you got you look around the NFL, there's a couple guys that come to mind and pop up. But when you talk about top dollar, the next number one defensive player to get paid is going to be Parsons. So Chris Jones is in the middle of a, a holdout right now. He, he has said, hey, guys, I'm just looking for a raise. I'll come back and play in the game tomorrow as long as I get that raise. He's also gone on record saying I've made enough money. I've taken care of my money. I can take a hit with some fines for not showing up. But realistically, how long do you wait, Sean, if, if you're in that position to get what you want before caving and deciding to come and make a lot of money under the current contract? Well, you know, I'll give you this example. Um, when I got waived and, and released and I went to Buffalo, I didn't want to go play for the Bills. Um, they were 0-7. They didn't have an opportunity to go into the playoff. And, and, and I'm a Bills mafia for life, best, best fan base in the business. Uh, Buddy Nix and the team told me they were going to find me $30,000 a day. And I told them they couldn't send me a plane fast enough for me to get there. So I was <laughs> going to take that hit. Um, I think he's on pace. If he doesn't show up, at least this year, he's going to lose $2 million. But when you're talking about uh, the, the overall, the grand scheme of things, the longevity, he can take that hit. I don't think that KC will play around too much w- with him. Uh, and play around too much of this contract, especially with Travis Kelsey going down and not knowing he's going to get back on the field. I know they've won a lot of games in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey and throwing some mediocre, mediocre guys around him. If you look at the end of that game last year when Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, if you look at the end of that game, who closed that game out? It was Chris Jones. And so if Chris Jones is your guy going forward on the defense side of the ball, they should figure out a way to pay him. Sean Merriman with us, three-time All-Pro linebacker here on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow, uh, courtesy of Bet Online, and that uh, they your your stop for updated Super Bowl, conference division, and awards odds, plus win totals for each team, week one lines, and a plethora of fun props on every game. Uh, that is BetOnline.net. Um, Sean, if not Kansas City in the AFC, everything goes through Arrowhead. Patrick Mahomes has never played a playoff road game. Uh, only neutral sites in the Super Bowl. Who's the team that can actually dethrone Kansas City? Who would you bet on at Bet Online? My former Chargers. Um, I, I think that if they stay healthy, right, with the team that they put together, Tom Telesco done a great job of putting these guys together. If they stay healthy, you know, I'm talking about last year when Rashawn Slater went down, uh, J.C. Jackson, Cannon Allen, and Mike Williams wasn't on the field half the time together. Uh, Khalil Mack, Bosa, same thing. Wasn't on the field the same time together. Uh, just uh, people forget Justin Herbert hurt his ribs on the case uh, early on the, during the year last year. He was banged up for four to six weeks. If they stay healthy, this is the first time and the best chance they've had to go into the Super Bowl in ten years. So is that your Super Bowl pick or your Super Bowl sleeper? Because I could definitely be seen as a sleeper for the Super Bowl. I'm not seeing a lot of people pick the Chargers. Or are you thinking about another team that has a chance to win it all? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Chargers for the fact of I, I do think that they relied on Patrick Mahomes' greatness for so long by not putting enough pieces around them or not enough big play uh, capability guys. I think that if they're going to get dethroned, it's going to be by the Chargers this year. On the on the NFC side, man, I, you got you to look, and a lot of people are not talking about this team, and that's the Detroit Lions. 
Uh, people are not talking about them enough and coming out. I think that if they go out and win that win that division this year, they become a very dangerous team to play in the playoffs. Talk Philly all you want. Talk about some of these other teams. When you're talking about sleeper teams and, and, and teams who really can get in there and cause a lot of problems for uh, teams going forward in the playoffs, you got to look at the Detroit Lions. Is it bad? I don't trust Jared Goff. If I'm in that locker room, I and Jared Goff's the quarterback, and I'm comparing him to the quarterbacks that I, I know he's played for a Super Bowl. I just don't think he's 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 doing that in the big moments like the quarterbacks he will face across the sideline. Yeah, you're right, uh, but he's not asked to do the same thing he was from McVay with the Rams, right? They're not asking him to go out and play that style of football anymore. Uh, they're asking him to go out and make mis- not make mistakes and run the ball well and play great defense because that's what the head coach, that's his philosophy going forward. These are the teams you don't want to play against in the playoffs because they can keep the game close no matter what. So going forward, man, I, I know that people are going to keep talking about Philly and some of these other teams emerging out of NFC. If the Detroit Lions get into the playoffs, to me, they become a, a real threat. A lot of talk surrounding the New York Jets with hard knocks, with Aaron Rodgers, with everything going on with a really good young roster around Aaron Rodgers also. Sean, are you buying the hype around that team this year? Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, but without talking about the Super Bowl and how far they were going into the playoffs, the, the second that Aaron Rodgers walked in that locker room, they instantly became a better team, right? The second he walked in and put on that Jets uniform, they became a better team. But let's talk about some of the pieces they added, you know, at the running back position. They got what the, in my opinion, the one or two or top three best corners in the National Football League. They got a big play wide receiver now that Aaron Rodgers loves to go to, offensive lineman that can block for days. If you look at how this team is built, um, they have a real chance at coming out the AFC East on top. But more importantly, just get deeper into just get deep into the playoffs, right? Because people talk Super Bowl too much. Uh, without talking about where they've come from last year or how the big strides they've made in one year just by having Aaron Rodgers in that team uh, that they have now. Sean Merriman with us. BetOnline.net uh, is uh, where you can find the great odds uh, that we're discussing here. Uh, speaking of teams we haven't talked about, you mentioned Detroit. I'm with you there. New Orleans. New Orleans had one of the best defenses in the league a year ago. They add Derek Carr. What is your perception of Carr prior to him joining New Orleans? And, Sean, what do you think a fresh start can do for him? Well, you know, fresh start is great. I think that, um, you know, he's had a roller coaster ride with the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, but people are also not talking about this. Look at the coaching staff switches, the players in and out the door, the front office in and out the door. His, there was no stability when he was there with the Ra- Raiders. And so, you know, he and, and people also are not talking about this. Derek Carr was an MVP candidate at one point, right, just a couple, just some years ago. So it's no doubt that he can play. I think that with, with Derek Carr, it's going to come down to consistency, right? Not going yeah. up and light you, light you up for 400-plus yards and then disappearing for the next two or three games. That's that's his biggest problem. It's not whether he can play or not. It's, it's him having these, you know, off-the-chart games, going out, putting up big numbers, and then just what happened over the, over the next two or three games. A different Derek Carr shows up. But a fresh start, I think, is going to do wonders for him. Sean, I know you're representing your Terps with your shirt. Um, I, Maryland's one of my sleeper picks in the Big Ten this year. I like what Mike Loxley has done. I like what they're doing in NIL. What do you think about the job he's doing? Are you going to make it back for a game at some point this season? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm Terp for life. Um, look, 
Mike Loxley was somebody who recruited me when he was a running back coach at the University of Maryland. He was a big part of me going to the school. I've always lobbied to have him there for one. Uh, you know, he knows how to recruit. He's the best recruiter, in my opinion, in the nation. But secondly, um, he is so important to that DMV area and uh, keeping the hometown kids. Me, myself, I'm from Pr uh, Prince George's County. Um, I committed to University of Maryland as a junior. I didn't take any visits. I wanted to stay home. And we all know, and, and if you've been watching that area, that D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, the best talent comes from there. And these guys stay home. They're going to win a national championship uh, one day under Mike Loxman. Sean Merriman has been our guest, courtesy of Bet Online. Uh, we'll also say every time Sean's on, we we highly recommend headed over to uh, uh, LightsOutXF.com. That's his fight promotion. I know uh, you've got the Lights Out Extreme Fighting, uh, Lights Out 11 coming up a, a month from tomorrow. Uh, we'll be pushing that, and uh, hopefully, Sean, you'll come on again prior to that, and uh, we can chat some more ball. We appreciate the time today. Thanks, Sean. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me. At Sean Merriman is where you can find him on social. Coming up. Loves Mike Loxley. The Deion Sanders effect. Clay Travis joins us to give his take on what we saw from Colorado and what we expect moving forward, plus reaction to the college football weekend and a big one coming up this weekend with Colorado, Nebraska, and Texas, Alabama. Plays next. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Our thanks to Dan Dockich and Sean Merriman for joining us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Fun Sixth show so Peabody. far. Oh, absolutely. Uh, fun fun uh, week of news and a, a blast is how to describe week two's college football schedule. Oh, yeah. Sixth and Peabody's got you covered here uh, with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine, and massive big screens. Uh, Clay Travis has you covered as well. He's got tons of college football thoughts at Outkick.com. He joins us now, uh, the founder of Outkick. Clay, uh, man, initial reaction to week one of college football with Deion Sanders in Colorado going to Fort Worth and hanging 45 points on the TCU Horn Frogs and also leaving with a victory and waving the flag that primetime is is here, they've arrived, and Shadur Sanders seems like a power five quarterback. 
Um, I thought it was an incredible debut for Deion Sanders. The first five games are very tough. Um, you know, they've got Nebraska this weekend, which is going to be the big noon game. I'll be on big noon, looking forward to it. Um, and we'll see whether he can follow up a great win over TCU with a win over Nebraska. Then I believe they have Colorado state and then USC and Colorado. So the worm can turn, so to speak, very quickly on Colorado and the debut of Deion Sanders. And we've seen that happen quite a lot um, in football in general, where one week everybody thinks that this guy is a conquering hero and the next week he comes back down to earth. So I think that very well could happen in this scenario uh, because you look at how tough that opening schedule is. But I thought there were four or five really good week one wins. Uh, that was among the best. Uh, Colorado is a big 20 plus point underdog wins. Utah takes care of Florida sort of avenges last year's late fourth quarter collapse. Um, you got the win that was shocking, I think, to a lot of people, not only that Duke won, but that they dominated in the process 28-7. Um, and then you also go out and look at uh, at what happened with South Carolina losing yeah. to UNC, uh, which I thought was a, uh, a solid win for Mac Brown and company. And then uh, the domination that we saw from Florida State against LSU, all four or five or six of those games to me really stood out as the most newsworthy of what ended up being a fairly newsworthy opening week. How do you define Travis Hunter and, and what he did? Uh, do, do you think Otani of college football, or do you need to see more? Well, the, first of all, the fact that he played, I think it was like 140 snaps yeah. or whatever it ended up being um, in, in, in a hundred degree. Yeah. in a hundred degree Texas heat uh, with, and offense, obviously, and TCU that is explosive and fast-moving is an incredible testament to his condition. Um, but uh, And then I think he had, what, 11 catches on 13 targets for over 100 yards yes. and a touchdown as well as an interception on defense. Uh, if he keeps up that level of play, and I don't think he can because I just think physically it's almost impossible for anybody to do, but if he were able to do it, I, I think you'd have to give him the Heisman Trophy um, because to be that dominant on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball uh, is an extraordinary accomplishment. Um, I think, again, he'll get worn down. I think it'll be very difficult to do, uh, but, uh, but it's an incredible story even for just one week. Clay, I've described watching Dabo Sweeney coach right now as what it would be like to see your dad at the club at 3 a.m., <laughs> It feels like with his comments and watching his team play on Monday night that he is so reluctant to get with the times on Transfer Portal and NIL and this rule about when you verbally commit, you can't take other visits. That His roster is still very talented, but I'm watching Cade Klubnick not give him a five on the way off the field, and I'm thinking Clemson is done as a national power as long as he's the head coach. They may win eight, nine games, but I think putting them with Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, the way we have for over a decade now is probably over. Would you agree with that? Well, I think it could change if he got another stud quarterback. Um, because I, I think one thing that people are going to go back and reassess is Deshaun Watson, basically followed by Trevor Lawrence, is an incredible embarrassment of riches for college football. And I think you're certainly seeing, leaving aside the Deshaun Watson problems that he's had off the field, 
Look at what Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence have been able to do on the field. They translated that at a very high level into the NFL. Um, and, and I think what you're seeing is that those guys can cover up a lot of issues on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. And when I watch Clemson play right now, they don't have explosive playmakers. And I think certainly the, they've missed on some of the wide receivers. I don't know how much of that is NIL related. Um, I certainly, I think losing Brent Venables doesn't help because he's an incredible defensive coordinator and fit very well there. I think the loss of, uh, of Tony Elliott and, uh, and, and the, the, the change in the offense that's gone on there has certainly not helped for a long time. What Clemson had, which was somewhat rare was continuity and they no longer have that continuity. And, uh, and so I think that is probably the biggest challenge associated with that in general. Clay, I'm interested to see the ratings battle. You said you're going to be on Big Noon kickoff uh, this weekend. I'm assuming you will be at Texas, Alabama. Is that right for your hit? No, I'm going to. I'm trying not to travel for September after being on the road for a full week. So we're okay. actually throwing a tailgate party um, in oh, my backyard. Right. I got you. Oh, very yeah. cool. Um, so, uh, obviously a huge game between Texas and Alabama, a big ratings grabber game between Colorado and Nebraska, the buildup of Deion Sanders, some of the things that Fox has done, bringing over, uh, Chris bear Falica, Tom Rinaldi came over a couple of years ago from ESPN college game day. I think it's setting up to be much more of a battle between ESPN college game day and Fox big noon kickoff, maybe starting this Saturday as a big test case study with the coach prime effect on people's viewing habits and what they're watching. Do you think it's setting up that way between these two shows? I think it's good for college football fans um, because I think competition in general makes everybody perform at a higher level. Uh, I, I think honestly, the decision to add Pat McAfee to ESPN to college game day, remember they, they made that decision after the first week last year. Um, and I, I think Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet has had a lot on his shoulders. Uh, Lee Corso is obviously a legend, but he's aging. Um, and you know, you look at what Herbstreet has to do in terms of preparation and the travel and calling games and everything else. Is he still doing Thursday night football? I think he is. Yes. Um, I mean, that's a lot to be putting on to every individual's plate. Um, and, uh, and what I would say about it in general is that, I think Fox has built a really, really good show um, with a lot of younger talent uh, than typically is on the uh, than is on the, the ESPN show. And certainly, even picking picking off uh, particular talents, uh, Tom Rinaldi and 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 Chris Felica uh, as well, who people have gotten used to seeing on Game Day. Erin uh, Andrews was on Week One. She used to be on Game Day back in the day. Um, and, and so I think Fox has done a really good job constructing a show. Um, and, uh, I, I think they've let it be known coming for years now, uh, in the process. Remember they used to only be on the road occasionally. Um, and the idea of building up a studio show, because for people who don't know, it's a massive undertaking to be putting a building, a set, uh, getting prepared for huge crowds that are going to show up all those things. Um, and a huge part of the success of game day historically without any challenger has been that they have that incredible live crowd. And now big noon is creating that same kind of atmosphere. And I think ultimately where you're headed is, um, 
you know, basically Fox has got the Big Ten and ESPN is going to have the uh, the SEC and then they're going to split the Big 12. But you look at the expanded Big Ten, that big noon show is going to get the you know premier location for USC and for UCLA and Washington and Oregon and every Big Ten team. Um, and I would imagine the SEC is going to give ESPN premier locations for all the big SEC games. And then they'll fight over uh, who's going to get Big 12 games whenever those rise up to that level. But I would think most of the time you'll see Big Noon going to Big 10 games and you'll see uh, the, uh, the, the college game day going to SEC games. And if uh, Colorado and Dion continue to win, the ratings continue to climb because Colorado will be on that, that marquee matchup quite a bit, I would suspect. Yeah, and I think, by the way, you have to give credit to Fox on the scheduling because it was yeah. a big, big wager on Dion and on Colorado to put them back-to-back in that noon time slot. They played an incredible, entertaining game, which millions of people watched. And I would expect uh, that with that game against Nebraska, a lot of people who are intrigued by the Dion storyline will decide to flip over and watch that one. This, this charter spectrum dispute with ESPN, Clay, I know you had a tweet about some of the, the ratings percentages down in terms of viewership for college football games on ESPN over the weekend. Certainly affected my parents. Uh, I heard from Tom and Debbie Withrow immediately on Thursday night that they could not watch Utah and Florida because of this dispute. Could this have an effect on what we see ratings-wise on ESPN throughout the season? Well, I don't know how long it'll last. And there's some people who are saying, well, this is going to get resolved before. I think Monday Night Football is the Jets, and I can't remember who the Jets play, the but obviously Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I mean, that is a monster game, right? <laughs> so you get Aaron Rodgers for his first game in New York uh, with the Jets, first game ever out of a Packers uniform in the NFL. Um, and then you get Josh Allen and the Bills, who are one of the four or five best draws in all of the NFL right now. I mean, that is a marquee game of marquee games uh and i believe charter is primarily uh uh, serving new york and la that is a huge part of their 15 million cable and satellite subscriber cable subscribers and i think they're the second biggest cable company in the country after comcast uh that's all the research that i've done I, i think all those facts are correct uh but basically what charter is saying is you know we're kind of done with the cable business And that's interesting because you've been hearing for a long time that most people in the cable industry are making their money off broadband. Uh, That is, uh, a lot of people sign up for uh, internet in their homes, and that is a far more lucrative business, uh, according to to Charter and obviously other companies as well, than cable is. And, And obviously that's shifting as the number of cable and satellite subscribers continue to decline. And people say, well, they're going to really lose out, uh, Charter is, if uh, you flip to YouTube TV or whatever. And I guess Charter's perspective would be probably not because we're not making that much money off cable. And when you switch to YouTube TV, you're still using our pipes, so to speak, our broadband service into your home to be able to use that internet. And we'd actually rather historically uh, going forward have you as a broadband customer than as a cable customer. And so that's why this battle is so interesting, because historically, uh, most of the time, ESPN was able to put so much pressure on these cable and satellite companies that if they refused to cover carry ESPN channels, then they would be worried about everybody refusing to sign up. It sounds to me like Charter is kind of saying, hey, 
you know, if you don't want us anymore, you can go ahead and leave. We're not making much money off of you. And uh, hey, by the way, we'll still make them more money off of you going forward off of broadband. So if you flip to YouTube or FUBU or some uh, some company like that, we're actually still going to do a pretty good job of, uh, of having a good business. If you want to make money, you can follow Clay and his picks. You started 11 or 12-0 and against the spread last weekend, right? 12-0, and and then uh, the apple cart got upset when Penn State scored a oh. touchdown with six seconds left because I was about to go to 13-0. And, and then and Florida uh, State. So that was a tough yeah, that was a tough L. And then Florida State yeah. refused to take an E uh, when all they had – they were up 20 or four or whatever it was, 17, I think. Um, and uh, and you'd seen Brian Kelly stop calling timeouts. And instead they decided to uh, to add another touchdown onto the board there. Um, so, yeah, that, that all – that tally uh, continued. Maybe they were up 21 or whatever the math was. But it was decided and there was no competition. I think they were up 38-17. They scored again, and then Florida State came back the other direction and scored for a 45-24 final, I believe was the final. But it should have ended under the number. They scored, ran a play. Uh, so we got a couple of bad beats down the stretch, but still had a very good opening week. And, and I've never had a stretch where I won 12 straight bets before. We've got exactly 45 seconds left. You can get uh, Clay's picks right now for week two at outkick.com. Clay, uh, Texas on the road. Are you taking the seven points? How do you play this against yeah. Bama and Steve Sarkeesian needing a victory here? I was in Austin last year. To me, this is a no-brainer. You take the plus seven. Um, Texas should have won. Quinn Ewers got knocked out of the game. Uh, I think that Alabama, uh, without Bryce Young, will struggle against this Texas defense. I'm taking the Longhorns plus the seven to cover. Yeah, they're playing murder ball in Bama. I was in Tuscaloosa. They're just trying to fire off the line of scrimmage and Texas is pretty good up front in that, in that regard too. So, uh, I, I, I would do the same thing. I'm following Clay there. Clay's and playing, why wouldn't you? Clay's uh, playing murder wins. ball with his picks also yeah, crushing uh, it again. On, a, on a hot streak. Clay, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. There's Clay Travis. Um, we're going to go to his home this weekend for the party. It's on the heater. I'll be coaching softball. 10.30 a.m. game. That thing starts at 9. Um, won't be able to make it, The key, though, is Clay's party doesn't end, I don't believe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe Mrs. Travis will put a curfew Frank on Frank the it. Tank will be there. Yeah. Headlines next, plus Let's Get Weird with Davey Hudson. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network rolls on. Hutton, it's fun doing this show with you. I just feel like I needed to say that. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't often you know, say you. that. Sometimes you just have to verbalize what's on your heart, and I just did it right there. Chad, I love you. Love you, too. Sometimes you got to say it, guys. Any confessions? Don't hold back. If you like pumpkin spice in your coffee, That's right. don't be insecure about it. Just drink the pumpkin spice. If you like avocado toast like Clay does, enjoy it. Just do Chad, you. 
You I, do you. Every every break, I have been making a lap here at Sixth and Peabody, looking for one of two things: either a breath mint or a cough drop. You know, you love chapstick, and I love just you know a, a mint yeah. of something. And, uh, I got you covered on chapstick if you need it. Yeah, Chad has like you're three one or four of the few sticks. people who can share my chapstick <laughs> that I'll, I'll allow. How so? No one in here claims to have anything. No one out in that works here. Uh, there's roughly twenty to twenty five employees here at all times. They don't have anything. How many times do you think I've been lied to of the roughly forty people I've asked? Did you ask Alan at the Moonshine Tasting uh, Bar? I didn't see Alan there. He was here earlier. I'm willing of to bet. Of the 40 people, roughly, how many of the 40 have lied to me? I would say, uh, on average, about 25%, so 10 of them. I think probably yeah. know they could go to their car or they have it and who's, they wouldn't give it to you. Who's the liar in this room? In this room right now? It, it would definitely be Davey <laughs> if anyone lied. I don't think anybody in this room would lie. I have gum for no, you, no, but I do that's have gum not going to help you. Yeah. If you want that doesn't that. help. That way, I mean, yeah. I don't want to chew gum on air. I, I can, Hutton, I'll do this for you during the break. I can search diligently in the bottom of my bag because <laughs> no. I had a ton of Hall's cough At drops. At this point, it's all good. That spilled in there, and I'm willing to bet I might be able to find one. Usually, I just find the wrappers to them that I've like had at Super Bowls past, and there's not a trash can what? next to us, so I just throw it in my one bag. One thing you're not going to find on the on the floor of a bar is a, a mint or a cough drop anywhere no. here. So, uh, yeah, I'll I'll manage, and we'll I'll be more prepared tomorrow. We're gonna we're gonna find something. Um, what do you make of? We asked Clay about this just briefly, but the the Disney and charter dispute, and knowing that we've got Monday Night Football coming up, massive game. This is a a big story because football's back. You know, fans are just they are irate if their game isn't on when they think it's on. And the Florida Utah matchup, a prime example, ton of Charter Spectrum customers in the state of Florida. Uh, found out that there is a contract dispute between the companies right at 7 o'clock local time when they thought they were going to watch the Gators kick off against the Utes, and there was just nothing but a message up there from Spectrum explaining why they weren't able to watch the game and pointing to ESPN. ESPN, of course, pointing back uh, to Spectrum and Charter. Disney's doing that. They're pushing people to go to Hulu instead. Uh, they have their employees at ESPN pushing the, the company line, uh, and more, more or less copying and pasting what's sent to them. Stephen A. Smith's one of them saying, hey, if, you, if you've got a charter, uh, if you're a charter subscriber, if you're in this market and you want options, here are your options. Do you think this gets resolved now that it's NFL kickoff time? I would like to think that it does, but I don't know because there's no real incentive for Disney to fold on what they're asking for. For this reason, Bob Iger's already stated that uh, that linear television is not their future business. They want to push people to Hulu or to Disney Plus or to the ESPN app. They want to push people to digital, to streamers. So if they're not going to get top dollar for their product through Charter and Spectrum, then they're just going to sit well, until those companies fold. And it seems like it comes down to this. Charter wants assurances that Disney will offer any future ESPN direct-to-consumer service would be offered at no additional cost to existing subscribers of Charter. That's what they're wanting. So ESPN Plus... Which would help it, their customers. No doubt. Uh, and Disney's saying, no. No, you're not doing that. We're not signing that. So, uh, again, 
I don't know what ESPN's motivation is because they want to push everyone to their own deal anyways. So they're trying to kind of go away with this. So if they're not going to take top dollar, they're just not going to do it. The flip side of this, Hutton, is I think these things usually get resolved quickly. I'm a DirecTV customer. Mm-hmm. Nexstar has been in dispute with DirecTV for three or four months. I've not had ABC for that long here locally. Now, we had someone in the YouTube chat say they can't see anything on Fox because in Indianapolis, where this person was That's watching, Nexstar. Nexstar owns Fox. It's like scripts. So they yeah. haven't been able to see see Fox. You know, so different markets Next with Star DirecTV. Nextar has 197 local stations. So different markets with DirecTV are affected differently with Nextar. It's taken over three months. These are networks that people aren't seeing through DirecTV. Usually these things get solved in about a week or within a week. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to think in a perfect world that everyone that is a Spectrum Charter customer can watch Monday Night Football even more perfect of a world to watch college football this weekend well, on think, all the ESPNs, but I don't know that's going to get done. And I think the initiative and the push before the blackout occurs for this game is interesting because they, if you look at the audience of Florida, Utah, compared to the audience that ESPN will have for New York Jets hosting the Buffalo Bills, oh yeah, that's affecting every customer that wants to tune in and watch the NFL compared to college football. So they're pushing the narrative now knowing that the narrative during the game for these subscribers will have nothing but charter and spectrum language pushing back and pointing the finger at ESPN for those that weren't aware that this was happening. So they're trying to get their message across through their most vocal employees like Stephen A and, and, and trying to confront this before the backlash of the, the blame is pointed towards yeah, them. Yeah, they they're, both want to make the other side look like the bad guy. Yes, and they know during that game, it will the perception will be this is because of ESPN, not because of us. They're now pointing at them on purpose now because they want they want to have the narrative form before the the three or four paragraphs. Well, even with all of those outages and people not being able to see it, that LSU Florida State game peaked at over ten million viewers. On Sunday night, and that that's an alone time. But yeah. to your point, Hutton, now multiply that times whatever that will be Jets Bills on Monday Night Football. I mean, it was a, what a nineteen million type average last year. It's going to be above for, that. I'm just saying for all games, if you just combine all the numbers, the average NFL primetime game. No, no, just counting all of the games combined oh. during the regular season. I'd like to know what the average was, was on Monday 19. Night Football last year. Because I think it's going to be well above that average for this game. Coming up, more headlines, including big signings. The highest-paid defensive players now Nick Bosa. But first, let's get weird to Davey Hudson. And five, four, three, two, one, zero. Talking now. Hey, guys, just going off that conversation, I will say the Hudsons are one less household that now has Spectrum as of uh, two days ago. So. Did, you, did you go with – Did you have that password as well? Did you go I mean, with I, I was with I was Hula? given that pass. No, they <laughs> they decided on YouTube TV. So okay, but it, it um, looks like um, twenty twenty two. You have the average rating. If I'm looking at this, it says fourteen point one eight million. Was well, the, the ni- average? The nineteen is helped by Thanksgiving and other things too. But we, we just discussed uh, that. I may need to find a different site because this says for the twenty twenty three NFL regular season <laughs> that was the average. No. Hasn't but, happened yet. Guys, while, while, that, while that story does impact a lot of people, it's not weird enough to make it into let's get weird. And so for getting us going, I'm going to give us a cool fact of the day. So if you're 
Flying, have you ever noticed that maybe your taste buds aren't as, um, we'll say, crisp as, as they would be when you're, you're down on the air or, or down on land and you sometimes think, you know, airplane food just is pretty bland? Uh, I, yeah, I, I also don't eat a lot of really good food on planes. Um, much like That's hunting fair. goes to the restaurants where you get four different types of water offered, I'm not normally on a flight flags, where Jeff. a meal is, uh, is offered, so... But go, but go yeah, ahead, Dave. So, well, the, the science behind that is because when an airplane is flying at a high altitude, uh, the air will become very dry and the air pressure drops. When the air pressure drops, your sense of smell will also drop, therefore directly impacting your taste buds. And I would take that trade off every day of the week on a flight to not smell the person next to me. <laughs> well, So I don't need to taste good food no. on a flight if it means that my sense of smell has gone down and I don't have to smell someone taking their shoes off. Or the smelly guy in front of me. Wow, I'm I'm great with that. So bravo, air pressure. And that's what I that's what I hear with that fact of the day. Thank the, you so much. The, Average of fifteen point three million for Monday Night Football. All right. And tw- so I think it's going to be closer to twenty million for this game. Would be my guess. I I also wanted to add just on that fact about the food that whenever these airplanes or these airline companies are preparing food, they'll oftentimes prepare different foods for the pilot versus the passengers, and that's simply due to trying to lower the risk of if there were possible food poisoning happening, which leads me into my first story, which I will Makes keep Makes the customer this, feel really good. Yeah, I, I will keep this very clean, uh, even though it is absolutely disgusting. But we had a flight this past Friday that was bound uh, Atlanta to Barcelona bound, and they had to turn back after an hour because of a biohazard that occurred on the plane. Well, the biohazard, you might ask, was explosive diarrhea that trailed the entire walkway aisle way, whatever you want to call it. And so they just said, we got to turn this around. Um, Wow. And really, I I don't want to get into the grossness of it, but it's the fact that you are having to go. No, 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 no. I don't want to do this, but I chose this story. That's actually not not one of those. (laughs) I don't want to say this, but uh, but, uh, let me say it. it, No, normally that's, uh, you guys are catching on. I usually do that. This time, it's just the fact that you have been saving for this trip to go to Spain. And, you know, international flights ain't exactly cheap. You're getting ready to go, and then this one passenger is what ruins everything for you. They have to come back to Hartsfield, which, I mean, I've ate at Hartsfield before, so I can probably see why they got sick. Um, but, ha- I mean, you're going over there to see family. How-, how would you handle this situation? I mean, I would feel very sympathetic for the person that was sick. I mean, I don't know what you, know, what you do. Yeah, it's frustrating that you're I, on the flight where someone is ill. I would Ill. be pissed off. They but, they got on that flight feeling bad. That, yeah, that, that 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 that's a good point. You, I mean, you could take the stance of you had to know something was bubbling, uh, that that the bubble guts was starting to take place while you're in the airport. So just hang back, don't get on the flight and then ruin it for everyone else. That's a good did, point. Or, or it didn't hit them until I'm coming around to your on stance this long on this. Flight, it uh, didn't the, hit them for a while. Now, if it yeah, if it was like you know four hours into an eight hour flight or something, then I'm very sympathetic because that. That has to be anyone who's yeah, so ever felt bad on a flight. If this is going, it feels to, like hell. If you're on a packed flight, L.A. to Houston or L.A. to you know Miami, and it happens, uh, that's when I'm more upset. The the I, I don't how how far into this flight did this occur? They were only an hour in, so they still technically oh, so the, had not left the United States airspace. Yeah. yeah, you think you could have all come on in that hour, Hutton, or you think they could have? It probably started before. So they turned around, went back to Atlanta. Yeah. They said the smell was awful, which naturally. 
But the, yeah. then they just t- they took off again to Barcelona afterwards. They had a they had a plane. They had a yeah deep plane. A cleaning crew came in. Uh, there was a video as, as like they were deplaning. Someone took of of the incident, and the <laughs> the big thing was they apparently Delta. I mean, I got to give them credit. They ripped the entire carpet out of this plane and replaced it, and were still able to leave hours later. I'm not sure on the exact time they made it to Spain. I don't have when they departed, but they made it to Spain at 2:30 a.m. Uh, so they at least were able to have this flight continue after all the so, knowing that they made it. And knowing it was about an hour in, I'm. I would actually prefer you turn around and get on a different flight instead of having to be in the middle of that, and you're just yeah. departing for your journey across. I mean, what what's worse, an Spain. hour in and turn around and go back an hour, and then they rip the plane up and clean it out for you a few hours later. Or you just get on a different plane, or you're just three hours in, you're over the Atlantic, and it happens. Yeah, and then you have to. Yeah, you just have to bear would, it. That would be rough. It's just crazy they list that as a biohazard, which I get. Well, but, that's where I would start to hope that that air pressure thing you talked about in your fact of the day kicks in. I can't smell anything. Yeah. Four hours into the flight. That would not be the case for us. No. Everyone's, as bad as this seems, it, I mean, they turned it around. <laughs> I think everyone's Well, then, like, you, you, well, it's like, you risk making other people sick. Yeah. It's, it's possible. Because other people can, like, smell that or see it and then start throwing up. I don't know what the rules are on this, but obviously there's been conversations before of, like, well, what happens if somebody dies? Do you just land there or... At, like, the next closest airport, or you just continue with your destination? Do you turn around? I don't know if there are rules for this, but at a certain point, like, it's like not much is going to happen if you just well, cancel the flight for everybody else at yeah, this that, point. So if someone dies on the flight and uh, they're standing <laughs> up or something or there's a medical emergency, they're going to turn around and land. They're going yes. to have a medical uh, emergency landing. If, uh, you know, uh, the 98-year-old in this seat appears asleep and they actually unfortunately passed away... You're going to find out after you land at your destination. Yeah. That's the difference. I'm glad we're no longer a lunchtime show. No one, no one's having meals during our show right now. Hopefully. <laughs> We've got that's, headlines, that's though. That's what I'm thankful for. Next.